to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with experts and trendsetters who are leading innovation in law enforcement, private security, and personal protection. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 12 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today we're going to be talking to Yale Bartour. Now Yale is a social media consultant and strategist specifically focused in the area of law enforcement. Now Yale used to be the social media director with the NYPD where she managed over 200 different social media accounts uh, and managed a team there developing the social media strategy for the New York City Police Department and all the different boroughs within New York City. So we're going to be hearing from her about her advice on a couple of things. Uh, first of all, if you are already working in social media, she's going to talk about how you can step up your social media game as a law enforcement agency, how to better engage with your community, and how specifically to maximize the return and benefit that you get out of social media. Now, if you're one of the agencies out there that is not already doing social media and you've either been thinking about it, but just didn't know where to start, or maybe you're afraid to step into it because let's face it, social media sucks. It's a barren wasteland of nonsense and garbage, but there are some benefits that you can derive out of your law enforcement agency being on social media. And so we are going to talk in this episode about why you should be on social media what social media platforms you should be most focused on being on, how to determine that, and uh, what sort of content you should be posting, but more importantly, where to begin. And then, of course, at the end of the show, you're going to hear Yale offer uh, a little bit about not only how to contact her, but she's got a special offer for, for those of you that might be in that last boat of, I don't know where to start, or maybe I'm stuck with where I'm at, uh, and how you can connect with her to get a consultation for her to take a look at what you're working on and give you some advice or even come out and teach a class to your social media team. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Yale Bartur. Hey, Gail, welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk about a topic today that is always polarizing. Everybody loves to hate social media. Uh, <laughs> and I, I would say I, I too have a love-hate relationship with it. But it's, uh, it's kind of become a necessary evil, if you will, in the public safety and specifically law enforcement world. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and you know, I, I don't blame you for having a love-hate relationship with, with it. Um, I, I feel the same way. No, it's, uh, it's kind of funny because when I was in law enforcement myself as an administrator and, and uh, whatnot, I, I actually can recall back to 
when law enforcement agencies first started getting into social media. And I thought it was the strangest thing. I was like, well, why would, why would a police department or a sheriff's office want to be on Facebook? Right. And now it's kind of this expected thing. We all just sort of expect that our local law enforcement agencies, our local government entities in general are going to be on these social platforms for us to engage in. And it's just kind of an interesting nexus. And, and you've been a part of that evolution and in, in how we've grown to accepting social media and utilizing it to our advantage in the law enforcement sector. And we're hoping maybe we can get some tips from you today and understanding how we can better leverage social media in today's environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. Uh, we did, uh, the profession did go I guess, uh, like many others, very quickly from, you know, this is not something that we're we're going to do or we need to do to, I don't want to say fully embracing it, but but definitely understanding that this this is a new normal. Now, early on, there there were some law enforcement agencies specifically that I can remember, Dallas PD being one of them that was sort of a uh, uh, purveyor, if you will, into this space that. You know, they were out there doing some some really unique things uh, on social media and sort of paving the path for everybody else. And I, I'm wondering if you can tell me that o- over this period of time as as engagement with social media for law enforcement specifically has grown, what sort of things do you see work and don't work? That's a good question. And, and I think uh, it's important to understand that you know, social media is constantly uh, changing and the things that people react to are constantly uh, changing. Uh, and it depends on, on you know, the environment and the time. But one of the things that I think consistently uh, works is is some kind of authenticity. And I think you can, you can also say it, it probably works a lot in policing as well when, you know, when you connect, you, you have a conversation with someone and, and you see them authentically and they see you authentically. That that usually is a, is a good indicator that your social media is is working because if you if you manage to speak authentically and, and talk to people, um, you know, in a in a kind of real engaging manner, you're usually doing something right. So what what kind of posts are those that that are really good at uh, demonstrating authenticity? Is that you know authenticity trying to trying to put a face to our law enforcement officers and humanizing them, so to speak, you know, doing, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the, the goofy things, you know, pictures with donuts, stuff like that, or, um, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, pictures yeah. of like playing ball with kids in the, in the community, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think when, when I say authenticity and I'll elaborate on that is, is it also humanizing our officers uh, and showing that they're real people, but also doing so in a way that, that doesn't seem you know, opportunistic or um, like like we're trying too hard, right? And and it's it's funny that you mentioned you know the, the donut jokes and things like that. And, and some of them are phenomenal and great, and some of them are kind of cringeworthy. And I think a lot of times the difference uh, between those is is you know, are you just doing it for the camera, or are you really kind of showing uh, you know a, a real and authentic side of yourself? Yeah, that's a good point. We can't try to fake or pose the authenticity, can we? Yeah, and people on social media have a really, really good nose for that kind of stuff. So 
you know, if, if they get a sense that you're, you're doing something uh, just for, for the likes, and especially if you're, you're a law enforcement agency, you're held to a pretty high standard to begin with on it, on social media, but in life in general, you know, uh, people are, are going to kind of call you out for those kind of things. So, so it is a fine line, but, um, but, you know, authenticity doesn't always have to be humor and humanizing. It can just be the, the tone of voice you use, uh, the information you, you choose to share. We tell people that you, you should, you should be talking as if you're, you know, you're speaking at a, at a meeting to, to people, uh, and not uh, necessarily as if you're writing a press release or, you know, a speaking, uh, kind of very, very formally. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little less formal for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I'll, I'll just be open and honest with you here. I, I hate social media. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand, and it doesn't matter whether it's for my business or just personally, like I, I just don't, I don't enjoy being on social media and it doesn't really matter what the platform is. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, it's just not something I enjoy. I, I really kind of try to stay away from them. And the only reason I'm even on any of those platforms is because I feel like it's necessary for, for my business. And because I want to connect with friends and family that are not people who are, are close to me. But that said, it's sort of, like we said earlier, a necessary evil. And probably the most fun that I ever had with social media was when I was managing the social media for uh, the law enforcement agency that I was an administrator of. And it, it just allowed a creative outlet that that I, I really had fun with. And mm-hmm. I used to kind of structure things. So I had this sort of intention of trying to have a, a good balance of the type of content that we were putting out on a regular basis. And the way that I would structure that was it would be about 70% Seinfeld posts and 30% soap opera posts is what I called them. So there's Seinfeld and soap opera. Mm-hmm. And, and my Seinfeld posts were just fun posts about nothing that were just there to drive engagement and, and get yeah. people interested in the content we were putting out, keep people informed about who we are, what we're doing and what's going on in the community. But really, they weren't about anything in particular. There was no, there was really nothing at stake for us to drive to those posts. The other 30%, mm-hmm. the soap opera posts was more like high drama, right? Like a, like a soap opera is. And those posts mm-hmm. were things like wanted subjects that we were looking for or an update on a case or a press release or, you know, things that we specifically needed to track our engagement on, needed to get high engagement and wanted to see an outcome from. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if, do you have a, a structure like that that you recommend as well for, for success in, in social media management for law enforcement? So I don't have a structure, but what I do recommend, and, and I don't think many people do, is, is actually having a structure. So, you know, the fact that you, you had thought about the types of posts uh, and how, you know, how they achieve the goals of your agency, I think that's the most important part. Because what we see a lot of times on social media, and this is true of, of, of many industries, uh, and also people's personal presence is, you know, we just kind of treat it like a journal or we post um, whatever we want to post that day. And while, you know, you definitely want to be nimble and not necessarily plan everything out, you do uh, as, a, as a police department, but I also would argue as an individual, just kind of take a step back and think, what are my goals? What, what do I want out of this platform? And make sure that you're you're posting to that. 
you know, when you, you mentioned you, you, you hate social media and, and obviously I hear that every single uh, person I talk to and I can yeah, I'm definitely, sure. definitely relate to it. And I tell people it, it, you're not supposed to like it. It's, it's like going to the dentist, you know, it's good for you. You need to do it, but you know, it's not necessarily something that you're, you're meant to uh, enjoy because there is a lot of negativity out of it. But, but if you do it, you know, it's going to be ultimately a lot more good than, than bad or ignoring it or, you know, thinking it doesn't exist. So I think every agency is different. Some of them are, you know, going to have a lot more like of the Seinfeld posts, some of them more soap opera posts. I like those distinctions. Um, (laughs) But the most important thing is actually sit and think, you know, what are my biggest issues? Maybe it's recruitment. Maybe it's connecting with a community. Maybe it's reducing certain types of crime and, and kind of work backwards from there as opposed to, just going on social media and thinking, okay, what, how am I going to get followers? How am I going to get likes? That's, those aren't necessarily the questions you have to ask yourself, but more, you know, what do, what do I need as an agency? Yeah. I think it's hard for people to come up with those ideas though, and, and know what exactly we should post. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, I know that was something I always struggled with. I think it comes a little bit more naturally as, as you get more involved in it. But mm-hmm. what sort of resources are out there, or, or maybe there are none, and you just have some advice that you can share with uh, law enforcement agencies that are looking to get started on social media, because maybe they're not already, mm-hmm. they've been hesitant for whatever reason. And maybe yeah. we should unpack that here a little bit too in, in a minute. But what advice do you have for seeking out ideas for content? So my advice is that um, I think that there's nothing more fun than uh, running social media for a police department because you're selling the best and, and most interesting product in the world, right? You're not selling refrigerators or, or sandwiches. You're, you're selling something that people are very, very interested in. And there's a reason people in, in any, I, this is true of New York, I don't want to say it of any agency, but I'm sure it's true in many agencies that, you know, a police officer walks into a store, walks into a coffee shop, what does everybody do? They stop and, and they look and they say, you know, what are the police doing here? So p- police are always going to draw interest. And that means that you have just a wealth of information and stories and things that you can share. And a lot of times, if, if you're not a busy agency, you know, that's completely fine. Because a lot of times the stories, you know, that the heroic gun arrests or, or those types of, you know, policing stories, they're not even the ones that are the most successful on social media. Sometimes the most successful ones are just, hey, this is what an insight into a day in a life looks like. Here are officers, um, I don't know, stopping for coffee and talking to residents of the neighborhood. Uh, sometimes the more uh, human human moments that exist in every single agency, you know, are the ones that are going to do best. And, and there are so many of them, you just need to go out and find them. So if you're a PIO or somebody who's tasked with running social media, you just need to talk to your officers and keep your ears open and, and don't necessarily think of, you know, I'm looking for that story where the cops saved the the cat from a burning building, but look for those small stories of the officer that, that came on the job because, you know, he's, I don't know, had a, had a good experience with, with a cop as a kid or somebody who does every day on his way to work, you know, interacts, says hello to a certain like business owner. Uh, it's the small moments like that, that, that can do really, really well on social media. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that scenario that 
you uh, just spelled out for us there where the cop walks into the restaurant or whatever and everybody turns and looks. I, I do think that is universally applied. I, I, I spent some time in, in different areas in my law enforcement career. And, uh, you know, as I, we were talking earlier, I told you, you know, I started my law enforcement career in upstate New York, you know, in a mm-hmm. suburb of a rather large city. And then moved out to Colorado and and worked for a couple different agencies out here. And and finally being in a very rural area and the same thing uh, applies, even in the most rural of areas, as soon as the cop shows up, everybody's looking and going, well, what's he doing here? Why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, in my mind, I never translated that to people being interested in what we do in the sense that that applies to how we should use social media. One of my favorite stories, I forget who, who said, who told me this, but said, you know, said that he w- went to get money out of an ATM once in uniform and some guy was like laughing and said, I've never seen a cop at an ATM before. And it, it just shows how, you know, but, but, it, but it's true because you don't think of, of police officers as, as being, you know, regular people who do things like go to the ATM. So, you know, th- that's an advantage. It's a disadvantage for the profession that people don't see that, but it's an advantage for those of us who are trying to tell these stories, because it means that, you know, there's interest in them. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think are some of the biggest barriers to a law enforcement agency getting started on social media? Because I mean, I can't, I don't know what the numbers are, but I assume there is not a hundred percent participation in social media by every law enforcement agency in this country. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do know some of those numbers, but, but what, what's, what's holding people back? What, why is it scary? So first of all, if you're, if you think social media is scary, you're you're absolutely right. And it's not, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to tell people just like, Oh, you know, jump in the water, nothing's going to happen. So, so people are right to hesitate, but the way I view it is it's a lot scarier not to be on it because if you're not telling your story, you, you better believe that somebody else is. And places in this country like like Ferguson, Missouri or Kenosha, Wisconsin, those are cities that most people hadn't heard of before uh, police incidents there. So just because you're not on social media doesn't mean that it's not on you in a sense. I just made that up. I think I'll, I'll use that uh, <laughs> moving forward. But... So, you know, I, I'd like to tell people you're, you're right to be hesitant, but also every day that you're not on it is, is, you know, a day where you're risking kind of your story being shaped by, by someone else. Um, my advice is to start small. You know, you can do a soft launch. You don't need to announce to the world, hey, we're on social media, but maybe open up primarily Facebook or Twitter, maybe Instagram, one of those channels to start with. And just, you know, give it a week and see how it goes and get your feet wet and then start building up your audience and, and put some some guardrails in place too. you know, always have NYPD. We always have a set, second set of eyes um, going on on every single post, no matter, you know, the rank of the person or no matter if you're in the middle of a, of a emergency incident, you always have a second set of eyes on every post. So those decisions to, to dive in and and get your feet wet, as you said, uh, with social media, is the barrier there? Where does that usually get caught up at? Is that, you know, like 
Uh, is it kind of an old school versus new school thing when we deal with an administrator that is like, uh, no, I, we're not doing social media because they just kind of have a more old school mentality or is it legal objections that get in the way from, uh, legal advisors or what, where, where does that barrier exist? So I think the barrier is, is actually less on not getting into social media, but what are we going to post on social media? Um, So I think a lot of agencies are, you know, they they realize that it's not something that can be ignored, which which is very, I'm very grateful that people, you know, agencies have have realized this, but rather a a matter of, you know, what are we going to post this on this? And and that's where it gets really hard, because some agencies just want to post maybe the fluff, but not get into any of the more like hard, um, you know, crime stuff. Uh, and some agencies don't want to be very transparent with their information. And I think a lot of that comes just down to the leadership, maybe, and the way they view disseminating information, but also uh, a, a fear of of getting uh, attacked on these platforms, which which is definitely, you know, definitely a, a reasonable thing to be concerned about. But uh, the way I view it is I, I try to tell people there's always going to be negativity. There's always going to be people who are going to say, nasty things about you. The question is, are you going to also want to uh, share your side of the story versus just not be there at all? People are still going to say these negative things. Yeah. I think the the community is going to make the assumptions they're going to make, regardless of whether you're, you're purposefully and proactively engaging them in any medium. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with your sentiment there. I mean, if, if, if we know that people are going to make their assumptions about what we're doing or not doing, and often those assumptions are, are inaccurate, right? Cause it's uh, there's a lot of mystery around uh, law enforcement and what we do, regardless of our, our uh, uh, attempts to remove that mystery, especially when doing things like citizens, police academies and, uh, like coffee with a cop, stuff like that. I mean, we, we do a lot of proactive things to try and sway the hearts and minds of people and give them insight into what we do, but yet there's still a lot of mystery around it. And people generally, and I don't mean this term in a bad way, but are, are ignorant about what we do in law enforcement. And so if we know that to be true, why would you not want another opportunity to engage with people and tell your side of the story, like you said, yeah, people are still going to say some negative things, but uh, at least your your side is is out there and available for people to see and digest. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the point is just being comfortable with criticism or comfortable with with nastiness and and not not to say that the nastiness isn't you know something that you can just shake off, but just just kind of realize recognize that yes, it's going to happen, but the good is going to just far outweigh the bad. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you see varying amounts of success depending upon like platform that uh, law enforcement agencies get on social media platforms? Are there? Do you have a recommendation? Like, hey, here's what where you should start, but this is what you want to aspire to be on. You know, let's start with Facebook and Twitter, but eventually you want to uh, integrate uh, Snapchat and. TikTok or whatever. I mean, what's what's usually your advice uh, when you're asked that question about where do I start, but what do I want to be on? Yeah. What platform? So should my I be? advice is to go where where your audience is. 
And if all of your audience, not, you know, are, is, I don't know, if, if you're a college uh, agency or maybe all of your audience is on Instagram, then that's, that's where you want to go. But generally speaking, at least in the US, Facebook is still the giant. And that's a good place to start. And it's also um, a good place to start because Facebook people use, um, or at least they're, you know, generally speaking, use their real names, and it's a little more communal. And, and it's a good place to get a somewhat representative part of the population. And then another another place that I always recommend people go, and that's kind of the the the, the scariest one, <laughs> is Twitter because Twitter is where the journalists are, where politicians are, and it's where news breaks. Yes. So if you find yourself in a situation where there's some some uh, news surrounding your agency, if it's a shooting, but it doesn't always have to be a shooting. It can be you know something that happened in in Miami a few weeks ago where one of their officers was filmed um, and he, he was wearing a, a Trump 2020 face mask and that, that went viral on, on Twitter. So Twitter is, is a lot of times where things are going to go viral for better or worse. And if you're not on it, then you're not going to be able to address it. Yeah, for sure. So you don't, you don't necessarily recommend then that, uh, hey, we want to get into social media and right out of the gate, we should be on every single platform that's out there and available. Yeah, absolutely not. You, you really want to sustain whatever you're on. So the most important thing is that you can sustain what you're doing and not just, you know, last thing you want is to open up a social media channel and kind of have it dormant. So, you know, if you're one person and you're also, you know, the, the chief detective or something, I, I know, you know, a lot of agencies, a lot of people wearing multiple hats then then go to the place that you can you feel like you can sustain and i I think most of the time it's going to be either twitter or facebook ideally both hey everybody just me popping in here for a quick break i want to thank you first of all for listening to the show It's because of faithful listeners like you that we have now far exceeded over 4,000 downloads of the show and that we're able to bring in really awesome guests on the show. So I'd like to ask you to please share this show with your friends. And most importantly, please go and leave a review wherever it is that you listen to the Public Safety Innovators podcast. Those reviews help all of those different podcast directories, algorithms to display this show to other people like you that may be interested in listening to it. So please go ahead and head over to psi.chat forward slash review. And I've made it super easy there for you to leave a review on iTunes, Podchaser and Stitcher. So please head over to psi.chat forward slash review, and then let's go ahead and dive back into the show. So now as, as you start incorporating more and more involvement on different social media platforms that, that can get a bit difficult to manage, do you find any tools to be specifically useful for, for helping to uh, manage multiple social media channels? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of uh, tools there, uh, various levels of price ranges. Uh, you can use, uh, one, one I like to use is Hootsuite. You can use TweetDeck for Twitter. I think that's free. 
if you're managing a Facebook and an Instagram page, uh, since they're owned by, you know, they're both owned by Facebook, then, you know, you can use Facebook uh, business uh, suite. But I generally, you know, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to those. So I'll use some of these management tools for um, monitoring. But I I like to post as much as I can directly from the, the platform, because there's less room for things to get lost in translation. And there are always features that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram are going to hold on to and only allow people to to use them when they're on the platform. So I don't know to get very specific on, you know, tagging in a photo on Twitter is something you can only do uh, on Twitter. You can't do through through third party. Yeah, there, there's a lot of each each social media platform. I mean, that's part of the reason why there's so many, right? Is because mm-hmm. each one of them kind of has their own little unique selling proposition of, you know, we have this specific feature, right? And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of those things when posting that if you use those tools to, to blast out, then you might be missing some opportunities that help your post engage better in that specific medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've used Hootsuite before too. It's a, it's a great tool. Uh, I like it. I actually, uh, when I do actually post on social media and get off my duff and do that, because like I said, I, I have a problem getting that done myself. A lot of my clients actually use a platform called Hero Post. Okay. Uh, Hero Post, I've found, seems to do the best at taking advantage of some of those nuanced features of each platform and still allowing you to to cross post and, and monitor and, and schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's, a, those are good tools to check out certainly to maybe save yourself some time and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's talk about current events. Yeah. Uh, there is there yeah. anything going on in the news right now. I don't know. Nothing, nothing exciting about policing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly this year has, has changed a lot of things in the law enforcement world, obviously not just social media, but uh, I, I would imagine you can share with us some things and maybe some ex- specific examples of how social media has changed for law enforcement this year and some successes you've seen in leveraging the power of social media to overcome some of the uh, you know, maybe misconceptions that are going on right now uh, for the, in the law enforcement industry, but as well as getting information out involving some of the civil unrest that we've seen and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Yeah, so it, it is um, obviously like, you know, you pointed out, it's, it's been a very tough year uh, for law enforcement. And there's been, um, you know, a, a ton of, of criticism and a ton of negativity um, and, and frankly, a ton of false information as well, um, spreading on, on social media. And it's very easy to, and I, I know this is not exactly the question you, you asked, but, but I actually want to take it to this direction. Um, That's okay. When you're spending a lot of time on social media and seeing these negative attitudes towards law enforcement, it's very easy to think that that is a representative of the entire world. And I want to remind, you know, any law enforcement officers or anyone listening to this that social media is not a view uh, of the people. Uh, It doesn't accurately reflect how people feel about you. And, you know, when you see a lot of this, you know, a lot of this negativity and and some sometimes just actual hate, uh, not to say that it's not real and not influential, but, uh, you know, I think time and time again, surveys are still showing that 
across the board, across different parts, segments of the population, there is still um, support and, and an appreciation for, for law enforcement. So I think during these times, it's important to just really understand that social media does not give us a uh, an, an accurate view of the world. And it's it's very easy to kind of turn around and say, oh, you know, everything sucks and everybody hates us. Um, it's a tough time for sure, but social media makes it look uh, a lot worse. Yeah, I think it's uh, certainly there, there's a couple of factors there. And, you know, one is that people tend to take to social media with their grievances, right? I mean, we don't, well, certainly there's a lot of positivity on social media. Yeah. It seems like people are often a lot more motivated and willing to go to social media with their their grievances, whether accurate or not, than they yeah, are with their social media to be like, positive. well, no, I see two sides of this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the other part of that too is the the algorithms are kind of intended to deliver content to your timeline that those platforms believe is similar to your views. So if you're a member of certain types of groups or depending upon who you're friends with, I mean, that all those things factor into the type of content that's being delivered to your timeline. It's not a complete view of the overall mindset of everybody on that platform. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I always tell people, remember that everything you post, let's say you have, um, a hundred comments are very negative, let's say. But for those hundred comments, you have, you know, 10, you can have 10,000 views. And that means there are a lot of people out there that are just, you know, watching this and engaging with it and don't feel the need to, to chime in. And there's a lot of, you know, it's definitely a selection bias there, the people who are jumping in for, you know, for, for better or worse. It's just important to, to, to remember that, you know, the majority of the population doesn't feel the need to necessarily take a side of like pro or anti law enforcement. They're, you know, they're, they're people who are just thinking about these things in, in, in more complex terms as, as we should. Yeah. Now I was looking at your blog uh, the other day on your website Mm -hmm. and I was reading a post uh, titled should cops be tweeting about protests. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting topic and I, I found that post to be interesting because obviously there's a lot of question with these being kind of un- unprecedented times really right now, you know, th- those that are responsible for making the decisions about what goes out on social media mm-hmm. in their respective law enforcement agency, there's questions about what should we be tweeting or, or putting on any social media platform? How, how is this going to benefit us? How could it backfire? Mm-hmm. And you you spoke in depth in that blog post about how social media can be leveraged in the midst of these protests. And I'd like for you to share some of that here with us, if you would. Sure. Yeah. So again, it's important to remember that social media is a tool. So if you have protests in your area, you, you're very likely uh, going to need to, to give information to people, whether it's traffic information or information about arrests that that you're making. And it's important to be able to use these tools to not only inform uh, the community about things that are are relevant to them, but also inform them, uh, you know, about what you're doing and and stand behind the decisions that you're making. And again, you know, if we stop thinking about social media as a place to get likes or have arguments and just start treating it as a tool to disseminate information, I think it's a lot easier for for agencies to think about that. And the best case I can make for it is that 
everybody's talking about it. So again, you know, I, I bring, I bring Kenosha up just because I, I hadn't heard of, of this town before, but if, if, a, if an agency says, I don't want to be on social media, but you are uh, trending and everybody on, on Twitter and Facebook is talking about you, then, you know, you're, you're likely making it worse if you're not engaging. Yeah. So what sorts of things should and should not in relation to civil unrest that we've been seeing around the country, what, what sort of things should and should not be posted? on social media and what is what is the end game what's the goal in in posting those things so i think um it's it's not necessarily what you should or should not but i think it's more remembering your your role uh and so our our role is not to be a journalist or not to kind of tell people you know everything that's happening but our role is, is to inform the public and keep them safe and if if we think about the messaging through those eyes it's it's going to be easier to kind of know what to post and, you know, I think, I think that's, that's very important in the time that, that we're in right now is not to necessarily take part in the kind of national debate around law enforcement, unless, unless it's com- entirely relevant to your agency, but more about informing people and, you know, giving them the information they need to get around or to understand why certain police actions have been taken. And if we can get that information out there, it's going to tell the story for us in, in the best possible way. So is the hope there then partially at least, I mean, I, I understand it's all of these things. I mean, we want to connect with the community so that they know, you know, people outside the event, we want them to know what's going on, keep the community informed, allow them to understand the reason why we're making the decisions we are and responding in the way we are. Mm-hmm. We want to keep the media informed, but, is there any realistic expectation that uh, we can, through these types of posts, regardless of whether it's on Twitter or whatever platform, that we can engage with the people that are actually in the midst of this civil unrest and persuade or sway their action uh, in a positive direction? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it can't. It's not a cure all. It's it, you know, it's not going to be the primary method that you're going to engage with the people on the ground, because uh, you know, obviously your officers are there and they have a better a better view for that. But you're going to be engaging the people uh, of your t- of your town. So let's say you know there's a protest in your town. You you make arrests. The people who are let's say sitting at home and debating whether or not they should be joining the protests or how they feel about the police department in that moment of time, you want to make sure that you're, you're giving them the, the information to, to make those decisions. So if the current narrative on social media is, I don't know, cops just arrested 20 people for just standing on the street. Well, when in reality you have the information that only a small number of arrests are made and they were made for specifically, you know, blocking traffic, then, then, you know, you have to share that for the sake of the people who are coming uh, out to these events and the people of your town that are talking about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that that allows them the opportunity to make the decision, whether it's something that they want to stand behind, get engaged in, and, and also knowing really where the boundary lies. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, under, understanding, well, what type of action is going to elicit this sort of response from from law enforcement? Yeah. And explaining the actions, uh, too. And I've seen some agencies post 
you know, the, the warnings on social media before they make the arrests as, as they do on the ground. So, you know, if on the ground they're, they're saying through a loudspeaker and, and, you know, kind of telling the community that people will be arrested if they don't disperse and giving them that opportunity. Some agencies will post that on social media as well. And I think that's, that's valuable too, because you're giving, you know, you're, you're giving the people watching also making sure that they know that you're, you're kind of giving that fair, fair warning and fair opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Yale, you're uh, certainly an expert on on the topic of social media and, and, and seen as a, a guru, if you will. In- I'm learning. I'm still learning every day and I, I learn a ton from, you know, the agencies I work with as well. Well, I just, I just declared you as that today anyway. No, so um, you, you can put that, put that title on your uh, business cards and <laughs> law enforcement, social media guru. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background. Like how did you become so experienced and well-versed in social media? What does your background look like in that? So I was actually born and raised uh, in Israel. So I've been in the U.S. for about 14 years now, almost 14 years. And I, I started getting interested in law enforcement. Um, I, I was always doing kind of social media and government work uh, in Israel, but I got into law enforcement when I was getting a master's degree. And I actually went and did an internship uh, with the NYPD. I was studying public policy. Uh, and that was 2011. And I realized that there was a gap in in communication. And I, I wrote my my graduate thesis on how the NYPD should be implementing social media and uh, eventually got hired in 2014 by the NYPD and spent uh, close to six years there and uh, eventually becoming the director of, of social media. So I was really fortunate to be able to take kind of my, you know, my, my wonky uh, graduate thesis kind of from the um, ivory tower into the real world and implement large parts of it. During my time at NYPD, we went from practically no social media presence to a decentralized social media presence where every every precinct in the city has their own Twitter and eventually had their own Facebook page. And people who don't, don't know New York City, obviously, it's a very, very large city, very large police agency. Uh, and the idea behind that is if you live in you know one neighborhood in Queens, um, you don't care what's going on in, in another neighborhood. In Brooklyn, you want to know what's going on in your block. So we gave these precinct commanders, uh, these regional areas, that, that tool in their hand to connect and inform people on social media directly about what's what's going on in their neighborhood. I can't even fathom trying to manage that many social media accounts or oversee them. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but, I, you know, the best that we did it through training, you know, we, we put some checks and balances in there. But at the end of the day you know, the, the, the responsibility was on the commanders uh, themselves and on their staff. And we had, a, a I think may, maybe some, t- some days like 200, over 200 tweets go out every day. And, you know, wow. very, very few crises, of course, you know, they happen, but, but for the most part, very good content. And weekly, we would have tons of news articles coming out of these precinct accounts because you know they would they would break their own information they would share you know their own stories so that the press would pick it up and it would be you know 99 percent positive awesome 
And so you mentioned you were there for six years. And so you're not any longer, you, you've stepped out on your own mm -hmm. um, to act as a, a social media consultant for law enforcement agencies. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do right now. And I, I help law enforcement agencies, big or small, to really tell their story in the most effective way. And all they need is the willingness to communicate and, and I can help with the rest. So if it's training for, for people who are, you know, PIOs, but not, not just PIO chiefs or people who just want to know how to engage better on social media, but also understanding how to do a lot with, with a little and understanding a little bit about, you know, the culture of law enforcement and, and the hesitation around certain things. It gives me kind of a, I think a unique view and, and way, way to help. And there's nothing I love more than, than helping a, a commander or, or a, an officer uh, figure out how to, you know, how to tell their, their own story the way they want it to be told. So how, how hands-on is that then with you? I mean, are you actually like going on scene to these law enforcement agencies and helping them get started and set up their accounts and, and coaching or training the social media managers? Mm -hmm. um, is this a, a, a weekly, monthly thing where you're helping them actually come up with ideas? I and mean, what does that look like? Yeah. So ideally, you know, pre-COVID, um, ideally it's it's on the ground, but everything can be done remotely. And it's usually a few months where I will help uh, think about social media, the strategy, how to set it up, what type of content to use, uh, train people, and eventually um, have them set up so that they can do it without my help, um, which is, you know, the ideal situation. Uh, but there's also, you know, a lot of short term things that you can do, you know, you can do like a four hour training or, or specific, uh, you know, consultations around around certain areas. Um, but but, you know, the kind of ideal situation is, is if, a, you know, a police department agency comes to me and says, hey, you know, we have social media, but we're not utilizing it correctly, or we don't have social media at all. Where do we start? And, and I can walk through and, and make sure that you know, they have everything set up to succeed with it. And, uh, you, you mentioned that you, you can come on scene uh, uh, or on location, excuse me, and do mm -hmm. like a training. So do you, do you have a set course or do you just kind of cater that to whatever the needs of the particular law enforcement agency yeah. are? I, I always cater it to the needs of the law enforcement agency because everybody, everybody is different. Obviously, you know, when, when it comes to training, there's, there are things that, that are kind of, you know, carry across different agencies, but at the end of the day, it, there's no one size fits all. So there's a lot of learning on my part of talking to the agency, you know, realizing what, what their, what their needs are, what their, what their pain points are, as they say, uh, and figuring out how to work that through there. Awesome. So what else did you want to cover today? Anything? Do we have anything else you wanted to make sure we got out there? No, I think just just the bottom line is is just understanding that that social media is is here to stay. It's not something you need to to love or enjoy and, you know, in order to to make the best out of it. It's definitely something you need to take with a grain of salt, especially if you're in law enforcement and and realize that it doesn't reflect, you know, the majority of of the world's opinions, but that it's also an incredibly powerful tool for for law enforcement and this last thing I want to say is, you know, I view and maybe my one of my more controversial opinions is I view social media as, as a really important part of law enforcement 
at its core. It's not a PR function. It's not a press function. It is a part of law enforcement because law enforcement is the foundation of it is, is having the trust of the community. And so long as, um, you know, that trust between police and community is being challenged on social media means that law enforcement needs to be there and kind of step up and rise to that challenge. It's, it's not going to fix all the trust issues, but it's definitely, you know, definitely something that we need to understand is, is a big part of our job. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason. I mean, at least I've seen this trend uh, occurring in law enforcement agencies is that they've started, especially those that are the most engaged in social media, have started pulling that social media function out of the PIO division and almost making it its own separate entity that mm-hmm. collaborates with the PIO division. Because you're right, it is, it's, it's less of just a PIO function anymore. I think that's what we thought it was to start off with. And that was how we treated it. But the opportunities have grown tremendously for the impact that we can have on social media, that it it makes sense for it to be its own standalone unit, if you will, that just collaborates with with every other part of the agency. Yeah, yeah. And I think it needs to be discussed at, at the highest levels, and it needs to be part of every part of the decision making process. And I give the example again of the the um, officer in Miami that was um, wearing um, a, a Donald Trump face mask because that's not something a PIO could have necessarily foreseen, right? Um, it's not something that we put out on social media from from the PIO office, but rather something that the agency encountered through social media. So it's not just about putting out good news, uh, putting out nice things. It's it's actually about understanding that this is a lens through with which the community views us. Whether doesn't matter if it's distorted or not, doesn't matter how we feel about it politically, uh, but just understanding that that's one lens and it's a very important one. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about it politically, that that's just a stupid decision, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what side of the political coin you're on. You're in uniform and you go out uh, doing yeah. something like that. You're going to get it. I argue that PIO wise, uh, PR, you know, c- communication wise. It, it's very, you know, quote unquote, easy, because all you need to do is say, okay, well, that's against policy. And, and the officer will be reprimanded. You know, it, it gets trickier when, when there are things that look bad, but are, are completely lawful or, or whatever. But yeah, yeah that, that's kind of that's kind of a an easier one to solve because you have you have an answer for that one. Absolutely. All <laughs> right. So let's say I'm a law enforcement administrator, and and I'm I'm interested in either starting my venture into social media for my law enforcement agency, or maybe we're just getting started or somewhat established and just want to know, are we doing this right? Do you have any advice that you can offer to me? How would I get in touch with you? So let us know where, where to find you. All right. So please uh, reach out to me. Probably the, the best uh, is to visit my website. It's yaelbartour.com. Uh, that's Y-A-E-L-B-A-R-T-U-R.com. I know it's, it's a very complicated name, but I'm sure you'll you'll have it written down somewhere. And then I uh, can also uh, connect with me on Twitter, Yaelbt, uh, or on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, just by using my name, Yael Bartour. And, you know, I, I use all of these platforms. And, you know, I, I love to hear from people. I love to, to kind of offer my my thoughts and advice and, you know, every, every, every law enforcement agency I, I talk to, I, I learned something. So I'd love to hear from you. 
Yeah. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes for this episode. But I think I also saw on your website, Yale, you offer a social media audit for like 175 bucks, I think, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Is that right? Yeah, I offer a social media audit. Uh, People are are welcome to reach out to me and can go over, um, you know, do a kind of very uh, not not in time, time consuming way where we go over current social media practice and how how it's going, what could be done to improve it. Perhaps I find that a lot of people have social media, they've gone over that um, initial hump of getting there, but they're still not convinced that they're utilizing it correctly. And, And a lot of times, unfortunately, Uh, they're right. But the good news is, you know, all you need is an audit and you can do some some uh, course corrections. Yeah, I think that's money well spent. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's been awesome having you on the show. Yell, really appreciate it. This is uh, a really great episode. Oh, thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Public Safety Innovators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please head over to my website at publicsafetyinnovatorspodcast.com or simply psi.chat where you can check out episode notes and other episodes from the show. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really anywhere else that you prefer to listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate if you could help other people find the show by leaving a review wherever it is that you prefer to listen to the show. I'd love to hear from you if you have feedback about the show, a suggestion on a guest, or maybe you're a public safety innovator yourself and would like to be a guest on the show. Please head over to my contact page on the website and you can submit that information there or just email me at adam at psi.chat. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode.